Get the power to do more with Sky Broadband and our best ever Wi-Fi from just €35 a month for 12 months. With lightning fast speeds, you can stream the hottest new shows without your screen freezing. And gamers can leave buffering broadband for dust. Switch to Sky Broadband from just €35 a month for 12 months. Search Sky 35 today. Offer ends Thursday. Availability subject to location from 500 megabit speeds. Setup fees minimum term and further terms apply. See sky.ie forward slash speeds. Welcome along to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and the tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters usually find themselves in, like who the hell is this mystery witness? And who the hell is this mystery witness? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Before I get started, I just want to preface that this is a no-spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead at the plot lines or watch the episode previews or descriptions. I know this week is especially tempting and more than likely next week, but it is totally worth it. I promise you, I promise you. So, was anybody else's jaw on the floor during Ziggy's confession explosion? I really did not think she would tell Mac at all. And like timing, Ziggy. It's just so funny. Like Mac is clearly having a hard time with all the paradas. She's having a rant. She can't believe that she's in this big mess. Ziggy clearly doesn't care about that. And just unleashes all this information. And it's not just that, yes, she used to date Colby. She's very close to Bella. But Dean's her brother. Like, do you not think she could have told her in a more subtle way? Or it's just... I just think Ziggy is just so... Ziggy's just so selfish. And I just feel so sorry for Mac. Like, she's enough to be dealing with. Criminal boyfriend, and now her brother's an accomplice to a murder. Like, come on. I really think she's just in over her head. All the crime and of the men in her life. She's trying to run her business and, like, have a nice boyfriend. And, like, all this crime is suddenly around her. So, yeah, safe to say the cat is definitely out of the bag. But uh, regardless of Colby's innocence or whatever, innocence or guilt in any of this, Jasmine does come in and save the day. Bless her. I just really wanted to know how much the bail was. How rich is Jasmine? I know she used the gym as collateral, but you still have to pay for the bail, don't you? Like if she can't pay for it, she'd have to sell the gym or part of it or whatever, but she still paid for it. I don't know if Jazz is on the back of the hole. Colby, will you father my unborn child? thought is Jasmine trying to make things right so she can pursue this baby dream or is she trying to sweeten Colby up or something I don't know but like she's firing digs at Angelo it's very spicy of her like just admit that you have it in for Colby because he's sleeping with your wife fair play like I still think that that's a strong avenue as to who this mystery witness is because as soon as Colby gets his bail the speculation for witness X has well and truly begun. Colby is freaking out, acting in desperation. And I can see why he is desperate because he's a cop. He knows the system. And the fact that they're rushing the case means they have something. So there's still a chance it could have been the Paradas. Chelsea seems to have been written off. But then there's Taylor. So, you know, when Angela was helping her, like, pack the boot of her car and they have a bit of a spat 
But he says everything is, is a result of what you've done. And that coupled with the Jasmine digs about admit it, you're just jealous. Then also coupled with the fact that Bella's like, well, maybe you were using Taylor. Maybe she was just using you as well. And then couple another coupled with when Mac is giving her all this attitude, being like, why haven't you just left? Like nobody wants you. Are you happy now? Kind of thing. And she says that she has to stay. Witness list has to stay. Interesting. Hmm. A lot to think about there. And then I suppose it's like Ziggy or Mac. But I kind of feel like Mac found out a little bit too late. Like she found out after Colby was arrested. Sidebar, she did a fabulous slap to Dean on the face. Uh, I feel like her reflecting how bad it is to Dean kind of shows the severity. I think we've all, this has all become very desensitized and normalized for most viewers. So when a new character finds out, you're like, oh yeah, this is actually really bad. Because <laughs> I really want Colby to get away with it. But I don't know if that's looking... But, you know, there's still hope. My money is all on the jealous rage of Angelo. I don't know if I'm being... Well, we'll see how that goes. But when Colby attacks Ziggy on the beach, I don't know, I don't think it was her. And I did actually think it was her for a good while. So that scratches her off the list. But it's so nice. It, It was lovely how protective Dean was over her and how sorry he was. And saying like... Oh, you're too good for any of this. Little does he know, Z's involved in the stashing of a drug van. But anyway, I'm sure he might find that out soon. But now that the witness list has been suppressed, it's going to be a little bit longer before we find out who did it. And within the inner circle of Dean and Willow and Bella, like it might be one of them, but at the same time, like imagine if it was Bella. <laughs> I kind of almost don't really want to think about who did it because I want my surprise to be on the day. (laughs) If that makes sense. Now we'll just take a bit of light relief in between two heavy enough storylines with some silver dreams and love for the over 50s. (laughs) So... Rue and Owen. So Rue just really acts like a stubborn old child, doesn't she? And I know she didn't know what to say, but I'm really glad that Owen gave her a load of guff about disappearing. Because it's way, it's so much worse than not knowing what to say. And I know you're embarrassed, but it's terrible. And I actually just cannot believe he came to find her. He must really like her. And it's so annoying because Rue has a real chance at happiness here. And he's such a nice guy. And he's clearly so understanding. So just don't let him go. You get on really well. Your mum is emptying the house so you can have a sleepover with him. Giving you a little nudge. Like, take the chances, honey. And then so when they when they sleep together again and they're making jokes about it, I was like, oh, phew. I'm so relieved. Like, I thought it was okay and... You know, maybe this was their stumbling block. It was bound to happen. They're the exact same. One was leather clad and the other one's canvas clad with all that like gap year kind of clothes. But still, it was too good to be true because Rue doesn't feel right after it. And at least she's aware that she's ruining her own chance at love. I didn't think they'd have it out that quickly. And poor Owen, because he is in competition with his dead brother. And I just, I laughed out loud when she was like, when I look at you, I see him. And it's like, you're the exact same. They look the exact same. They're identical twins. 
Like, obviously, it's going to take a bit of an adjustment. And I'm so annoyed that she can't just make it worth. I love Ruth so much. She's one of actually my favourites. But it's just beyond annoying. Like, all of this was for nothing. The introduction of Evan, the most annoying character to ever exist, came in. Then he dies after, like, two weeks of knowing him. Do we care? No. Then in comes Owen, who's the exact same... How many have worked so hard to convince everyone that this is a believable storyline? And then what happens? Now they're pretty much broken up because Rue can't get over the feelings that she has for Evan. What? Just come on, Rue. We can get through this. But favourite. Ryder's really been just like... Once again, Ryder's just really been a highlight for me. This like... The last moment in Friday's episode where he's like, guess who just wanted adulting? And then, like, Owen Bitsarki is like, adults do not say adulting. So, <laughs> like, a bit sharp, but so deserved. that No one's even used that word in a long time. But a classic writer. Ugh. But anyway, he has been also helping John set up, thankfully not a smolder, which I assume is Tinder profile, but a Silver Dreams profile so loved the photo shoot amazing John gets so into it and then Marilyn's getting real jealous but I suppose she probably saw herself getting over John first she was so passive aggressive when she said like I just thought it would take longer for John to get over our marriage but whatever so just classic mass but I thought it was kind of weird when she was like let me look at your app I feel I feel like like Irene wouldn't be going through his smolder page like why would Marilyn your ex-wife I've that really crossed line but I wonder will John get any dates out of it because he is being like a very good community man like helping Leah and Justin he's comforting Nick like he's doing lots of nice things but I kind of feel like he's somebody who needs to a woman to look after him as old worldy as that is to say but I kind of feel like John's of that ilk and I don't want him to be lonely. I get really sad and I, I don't like when people get annoyed by him. I want someone who thinks he's great because he is annoying, but he just like, he's just, he is great to have around. So I hope he does find someone. Like he, he keeps getting called Colleen Smart for God's sake. Now on to the dip paradas and more of Max men woes. So, Harry has really gelled back into his criminal past a little too easily. Like his grumpy man persona has kind of gone down the toilet along with his morals. And I know he's just being like a good brother to Tane. Well, he's like, oh, I don't like your choices, but you are my brother and like I have to help you. And I suppose that's the honourable thing to do. But he's kind of just like very accepting and... If I was Mac, I was like, okay, this guy is quite used to being on the wrong side of the law. You just seen quite a different side to him. But anyway, that's for poor Mac to worry about. Because she's just too posh for this lifestyle. Like she's offering her Porsche to calm down the drug dealers. And like she can't talk Ari out of doing the jobs. He won't really listen to her. And I get like she's in too deep now to walk away that she really cares about him. But like they're get the Prada's getting pretty rattled getting bricks through windows. Nico's getting chased by cars. It's pretty scary for them at this point. And again, Ryder just coming in overhears that like, you know, the bad guys are still at large. 
And he's like, oh, should I be worried? Like, should I do anything? Do you want me to call the police again? They're like, no, stop it. And it's like, oh, they don't need to worry. Like, they've got me in their corner. <laughs> what? Thank you. Thank you, Ryder. We are forever indebted to your toughness. Thank you. But the poor Parada is so naive in thinking that this swan song job in the city was their slate wiped clean. And now I think, unfortunately, Leon and his boys, Paul and the lads, have got them under their thumb now. I don't really know what the future holds. Like, they're... They'll pro- like they'll probably get caught or someone will get injured or something like it's only going to go one way and like I just don't know will they ever be able to escape their criminal past like is it even possible like no wonder Nick I was really wondering why Nick was getting so upset as to why he was like not included in anything and because c- it just brings back so many bad memories of his dad dying so no wonder his head's in a tiz but Ari has so much to lose like okay he if he gets in any way caught he's back in prison like really quickly and when Matt gets really upset on the couch, when he starts talking about prison, she, uh, well, she's definitely crying over you potentially going to prison and her brother. So, but I know she obviously didn't tell Ari about Dean. Impressive again. But it's definitely, well, I don't understand why Ari wouldn't have gone, oh yeah, I don't want you to get upset about me potentially going to prison because if I get caught, that's exactly where I'm headed straight to. So maybe someone will pull the... Like, I wonder will Mac get, I shouldn't speculate, but like, I wonder if will Mac just get so sick of all these criminals around her, pull the plug, pull a rider, I should say, and call the cops. I don't know. But Summer Bay loves a brother trio and who loves to drug deal. That's all I can say. And now on to my final rant. I feel like I've been a bit ranty today. But... What part of death, paralysis, permanent damage, paraplegic does Justin not understand? How many doctors have to tell him what's going to happen to him? Does he not think that Tori would far prefer her brother to be healthy and would not be disappointed if this little birthday party had to be cancelled or pushed back? She would not care. I just don't understand the reasoning. We need to have a little party and I'm willing to risk my life for that. It's just, he's so stubborn and I don't understand why Leah's so compliant. The old Leah would definitely have gotten desperate and told Tori and then they would have just gotten him to do the surgery or cancel the party or something. But all she could do is get him to agree to the surgery. But like there is no second option. The The other option of not doing the surgery is death or permanent damage. Like this... It's just beyond me. And like Leah saying, oh, let's be grateful he's agreed to the surgery. Like the other option's death. What's happening? I'm just going to pause my rant to compliment Christian's clothes once more. (laughs) So, you know, the first time he goes into hospital before the birthday party, Christian is sporting three layers on top. We've got a pajama top, a V-neck pajama top, I should add, a cardigan, another V-shape, and then a denim jacket. You must be boiling. Incredible. Anyway, so then when the inevitable happens and Justin sidles off, you know, to be in pain in private and ends up getting this massive back spasm, can't feel his legs, knife in the back. And he's going like, did I stuff it up? I should have stayed in hospital. I'm never going to walk again. Newsflash, Justin, you weren't listening to what anyone said. Your life is hanging in the balance here. Because he's so 
you know, hardy old Australian man and like, like he's a mechanic and he needs to be active and he hates hospitals and everything. Like if someone uses the P word, the paralyzed word, the paraplegic word, the permanent damage word, would you not be like, okay, this means I will never be able to walk again or do anything again. I'm going to sit in a chair for the rest of my life. Would you not respond to that? And he's like, oh, I can't do hospitals anymore. He's literally been in hospital for like one week in total. And that's like a few days here and there all across this whole time of his sickness. Oh my God. Stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. Anyway, on a lighter note, back to the party. I just love how much they make fun of Tori as she can't cook and now can't bake. How many butterfly cakes does it take? So funny. But I can understand now why Justin didn't want to want to miss the party. Because it was so formal. Everybody was so dressed up. It was like they're going to a wedding. And there was kind of really only three guests there. It was Jasmine, Marilyn, Irene. Everybody else lives in the house. And of course, there's the cancellations. Brody and Rafi definitely weren't coming. I thought Ian, Ian and Wendy might come. But the breaking the leg excuse was quite intense. That's like three months now. They won't see their grandchild and it's weird that they don't visit the bay more anyway or at least they don't even say hey I'm taking Grace to see her grandparents we're meeting them halfway or something they never really mention that which is weird anyway I digress but yeah the party was such a big deal and poor Jasmine rechannels her love and attention for Colby wannabe baby daddy and puts it into Grace and the bracelet and she's seeing Christian swoop in saving the day with the cake and that is really hard for her to watch because it's like this was a celebration that Tori and Robbo would have been doing together. And it's just control, alt, delete, reset the life. Robbo gets replaced. It is a bit sad. And then the same present, the poor, oh, poor. I really feel for Jasmine because it is so hard. And OK, putting the present in the bin was a bit dramatic, but I'm very glad Irene interfered as she's so very good at. But then... Tori, thankfully, kind of redeems herself. Like, because I don't really think Tori realises what she's saying. and Like, she can be very insensitive to Jasmine at times. But the speech really redeemed it, mentioning everyone, especially Mason and Robbo. But then when Marilyn goes crazy on the pictures, I, I felt sorry for, like, poor Jasmine. I had to be like, will you please, please stop. I can't take this anymore because it kind of did go on. So I did totally feel for Jasmine. So hopefully Grace will eventually get that bracelet. I'm sure she, I'm sure she will. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up for me this week. I have a big feeling next week is going to be very, very good. Big thanks for listening. A reminder, Summer Vase is on Instagram, at Summer Vase Podcast. And if you have time, I'd love if you could rate, review and subscribe to Summer Vase if you have a second. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>